Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, two conservative Supreme Court justices made it clear how much they would like to overturn marriage equality. Charlie Carver, one of the stars of Netflix's screen adaptation of The Boys in the Band, says he came out because someone slapped him across the face. Drag Out the Vote has unveiled a new voter initiative, Divas for Democracy, United We Slay. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. As the U.S. Supreme Court began its new term this week, the High Court declined a petition from Kim Davis, the Kentucky County clerk who refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples, citing her Christian beliefs. She's been involved in litigation ever since and asked the Supreme Court this year to overturn an appeals court decision that held her liable for violating people's rights as an elected official. While the Supreme Court refused to hear the case, Conservative Justices Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito took the opportunity to attack the court's landmark decision, Obergefell v. Hodges, which brought marriage equality to the entire country. Thomas penned an opinion that repeatedly attacked the 2015 Supreme Court decision as unconstitutional, saying it bypassed the democratic process and caused people with sincerely held religious beliefs concerning marriage to, quote, find it increasingly difficult to participate in society. Thomas wrote, quote, By choosing to privilege a novel constitutional right over the religious liberty interests explicitly protected in the First Amendment, and by doing so undemocratically, the court has created a problem that only it can fix. He added, Until then, Obergefell will continue to have ruinous consequences for religious liberty. Referencing Kim Davis, Thomas called her a devout Christian who was one of the first victims of this court's cavalier treatment of religion in its Obergefell decision, and she will not be the last. He wrote that now Christians who oppose LGBTQ equality are being branded as bigots. According to Thomas, when bakers who refuse to sell cakes to same-sex couples are held liable for discrimination, the problem is not just anti-discrimination laws, but Obergefell itself, because it legalized marriage equality. He wrote, Obergefell enables courts and governments to brand religious adherents who believe that marriage is between one man and one woman as bigots. There's the B word again, folks making their religious liberty concerns that much easier to dismiss. He added, Since Obergefell, parties have continually attempted to label people of goodwill, goodwill, as bigots, merely for refusing to alter their religious beliefs in the wake of prevailing orthodoxy. Justice Thomas used the word bigot four times in his dissent, which was joined by Alito. In the 2015 Obergefell case, Justice Thomas wrote, The court read a right to same-sex marriage into the 14th Amendment, even though that right is found nowhere in the text. 
While Thomas and Alito don't currently have a majority of the court to overturn the decision, Chase Strangio, an attorney for the ACLU, noted on Twitter that it's unusual to see Supreme Court justices openly showed their desire to overturn a five-year-old decision. He tweeted, The brazenness of the rightward direction of the court is a threat to even the most basic expectation of legal protection. It's worth noting that the Obergefell ruling was carried by a 5-4 to four decision by the High Court, but since then, two of those five are no longer on the bench. Justice Anthony Kennedy retired, and Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg recently passed away due to her battle with cancer. If Donald Trump's nominee, Judge Amy Coney Barrett, is confirmed to the Supreme Court, which seems probable at this point, there would be six conservative justices and three liberal justices. Should a case challenging marriage equality come before the court, it's very possible the 2015 decision could be overturned. A 33-year-old transgender woman, Michelle Ramos Vargas, was found shot to death last week in Puerto Rico, making her at least the sixth trans person to die by violence in the U.S. territory this year, and the 30th nationwide. The San Juan Daily Star reports Ramos Vargas's body was found on the side of a road in the town of San Germán. She had been shot several times in the head. Police are unclear as to whether her killing may have been a hate crime, but they haven't ruled it out. According to the Associated Press, Ramos Vargas worked as a bartender and was studying to be a nurse. LGBTQ activist Pedro Julio Serrano told the Associated Press, quote, Trans Puerto Ricans are being hunted. Enough of so much hate. Trans people are humid as everyone else and deserve to live in peace, equality, and freedom. Other known trans homicide victims in Puerto Rico this year are Alexa Negron Luciano, a homeless trans woman shot to death in February hours after being reported to police for using a women's restroom at a McDonald's. Yampi Mendez Arajo, a trans man who was shot and killed in March, and in April, the bodies of two trans women were found inside a burned car. Charlie Carver, one of the actors starring in the new Netflix screen adaptation of The Boys in the Band, shared in an interview with Variety that he decided to come out publicly five years ago after being on the receiving end of a literal slap to the face for not appearing masculine in public. According to Carver, he was attending an Emmy Awards party in 2015 when a gay colleague criticized him three times throughout the evening for how he presented himself. Carver shared with Variety, I was told that I needed to get it under control around people in the business. At the end of the soiree, Carver ran into his friend while waiting for his car at the valet. Asking his colleague for clarification about the earlier comments, the man slapped Carver across the face. Says the actor, it wasn't playful, but intentional, pointed, and meant to be instructive. A slap. I told him if he ever touched me again, I would name him. While the episode was certainly shocking for its physicality, Carver, who is 32 years old today, says, That was the moment when I said to myself, I can't do this. I cannot police myself in that way. The actor, who was best known at the time for regular appearances on Desperate Housewives and Teen Wolf, came out a few months later in January 2016 via his Instagram account. Two years later, Carver made his Broadway debut in the Tony Award-winning revival of Mort Crowley's iconic play about gay men at a birthday party in Greenwich Village, 
the boys in the band. All of the actors in the highly acclaimed production were openly gay or bisexual. The entire cast was reunited, along with the production's director, Joe Mantello, by producer Ryan Murphy for the newly released TV version of the play. Carver stars in Boys as the hunky cowboy, a hustler hired as a gift for Harold, the birthday boy in the story, played by Zachary Quinto. Carver is also currently appearing as a series regular in Murphy's new psychological thriller for Netflix, Ratchet, in which the handsome actor plays Huck Finnegan, a disfigured hospital orderly. And he's set to appear in the upcoming The Batman, alongside Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. Carver recently told The Advocate he felt this sort of sense of relaxing into himself since coming out. He said, To have kind of other champions in this business who gave me a chance, Ryan Murphy being one of them, they saw something in me and they let me be a part of it. Then opportunities led to other opportunities, and I started stepping into myself. And I believe when you do that, doors open. You can catch Carver and all the boys in The Boys in the Band, currently streaming on Netflix. Also in the category of what to watch, don't miss the all-star benefit performance of The Great Work Begins, Scenes from Angels in America, which premieres tonight, October 8th, in support of Amphar's Fun to Fight COVID-19. The free 60-minute live stream also features an introduction by Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright Tony Kushner that contextualizes COVID-19 in relation to the early days of the AIDS epidemic. The special event marks Amphar's historic first foray into Broadway. Among the theater luminaries taking part in the event are Glenn Close, Laura Linney, Patti Lapone, Essa Patha Murkison, Andrew Reynolds, Daphne Rubin-Vega, and many more. Shot during the coronavirus pandemic, high-level technology has been used to place the actors in scenes with each other, even though they were filmed separately. You can catch the one-hour presentation on Broadway.com's YouTube channel. While free to watch, donations are encouraged with proceeds going to the Amfar Fund to fight COVID-19. For more information, click over to thegreatworkbegins.org. Earlier this year, best-selling author and speaker Jackie Huba founded Drag Out the Vote, a movement enlisting drag queen ambassadors to help people register to vote. Drag Out the Vote has now unveiled a new voter initiative, Divas for Democracy United We Slay, a digital variety show bringing together some of the biggest names in theater and drag. The election extravaganza will be hosted by Entertainment Tonight's Kelty Knight and RuPaul Drag Race's Nina West. Huba said in a statement, one in five LGBTQIA people is not registered to vote, and 100 million people did not vote in the 2016 election. We must fix this. We're excited to bring together the worlds of Broadway and drag to inspire voters to sashay their way to the polls or their mailboxes. The drag legends who will be sashaying onto your screens are Alaska, Bob the Drag Queen, Jinx Monsoon, Jujubee, Alyssa Edwards, Valentina, Peppermint, Cynthia Lee Fontaine, and Honey Davenport. The list of Broadway performers slated to appear include Tony Award winners Stephanie J. Block from The Share Show, Lea Salonga of Miss Saigon fame, Nikki James from The Book of Mormon, and Beth Level from The Drowsy Chaperone, along with Broadway favorites Alex Newell, Shoshana Bean, Eden Espinoza, Kiala Settle, 
Lady J, and the legendary three-time Tony Award recipient, Cheetah Rivera. Other celebrity guests include Cindy Lauper, Harvey Firestein, two-time Tony Award nominee Andrew Reynolds, Bianca Del Rio, Shangela, Cheyenne Jackson, and Allison Janney. Divas for Democracy will stream exclusively on Stage It, Sunday, October 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Tickets are Donate What You Can with a minimum $5 donation and a tipping option for additional donations. All proceeds benefit Drag Out the Votes, Get Out the Vote efforts in 2020 and beyond. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Just a few things. Please remember to wash your hands frequently, wear a face mask, and take care of yourselves. See you next time. 